good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 199, and I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Flo Ion. And 199, are you out of your mind? That's one away from 200. And also, I was just reciting an IHOP commercial that I've somehow memorized for like two decades. <laughs> That's how marketing gets you. Care to share with the class? <laughs> Well, no, it was an IHOP commercial. It was one ninety nine. Are you out of your mind for oh. like a stack of? And it's it's just been <laughs> in my mind since I first saw it on TV. Like who knows how many years ago? No, that's um, that's that's the whole point of advertising. It's like we we hate it, but we also hate how effective it is. There's there's a yeah. there's a car dealership in New England called Dave Dinger Ford that had the most amazing like was that his R&B last name? Soul. Hmm? Was no. that his last name, Dinger? Dinger. Okay, see, he was born to make a slogan out of his name, or he was born to make a jingle out of his name, right. I should say. But I think I think they realized that the the jingle that they commissioned, what must have been in like 1975, was just too good to ever let go of. And I've never I've never bought a car at Dave Dinger Ford, but <laughs> there's like I, I must have like heard this jingle for the first time at age six, and yep. just. It's like, how does Dinger do it? Come oh, on, wow. see. Come to Dave <laughs> Dinger Ford in Braintree. And then a backup, backup scene. In Braintree. In Braintree. Yeah, oh, so. he paid a lot of money for that back in the 70s. And like, they earned he's every one, dime. He's one, yeah, he's one of those fellows who's like, I paid a lot for that back in the 70s. I'm keeping it until <laughs> I'm off this earth. I understand this man, and I think I would buy a Ford from him. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Andy, I have a new toy to show you. Yay, new toys. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I wanted to tell you about a shtick that I want to try out in a couple of weeks. So, you know, in a couple of weeks is Google I.O., the annual developers conference. Um, And I got a badge this year. So I'm going to be going... Um, so I'm going to be there. And I thought that it would be a fun gimmick. To, I don't know how Jim Ryder is going to feel about this. But I thought it would be a fun gimmick to do the recording there uh, with you for Thank this you. podcast. Um, because I was thinking, hey, you know what? I'm going to be there for three days. I'm paying all this money to stay in the peninsula. Oh my God, it costs so much money to stay down there. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I'm coming down. I'm, we're going to do the podcast that week while I'm there. We're going to have like so much to talk about. Um, and also I was thinking, well, you know, I should invest in some kits so that next time I'm on the go and we're podcasting, I'm not traveling with two computers like I did in Palm Springs. Cause that was ridiculous. <laughs> okay. The whole point, the reason that I have the pixel book, uh, which is forever on loan is because That's what I want in the wild. I just want to have me and Chrome OS. But the one thing that it can't do, which I really need to do, is podcast. I mean, it can, but like not not the way that I like fully trust it. So, (laughs) and especially not to like record and also Skype at the same time. So I bought myself a Zoom H1N handy recorder. Ooh, it's like one of those like tricorder model standalone recorders. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? It was only like 109 bucks. 
which I mean is money is a lot of it's still a hundred dollars, but I thought, you know, that's not too bad for like an on-the-go little podcasting machine. Um, that's cheaper than some of the really nice mics out there for podcasting. And I was just thinking, I don't know, I I bought it. Um, I bought a little lav mic, which also works on my smartphone if I want to like, I don't know. I have like all these ideas in my head of gimmicks that I want to do with audio. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm still working up the confidence to like fully execute them. So I feel that by talking, you know, on the record here, <laughs> that some of the ideas that I have will kind of, you know, everybody is now holding me accountable. You're putting some skin in the game. Things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, but also, I mean, I just thought I would, kind of, I wanted to up my game a little bit. Like I shouldn't be so tethered to my desk here deep in the suburbs. Like I live deep in the suburbs. It takes me a long time to get back home. And so I said, you know what? I should probably have something with me that can produce the same sound as when I'm sitting my butt here. Yeah. Those things are super cool, particularly when you're doing like an interview with somebody. And like the one thing that I, the, the, if all it means is that all that uh, you never have to do anything but push one button and then make sure that the blinky light is blinking, <laughs> and then but you and you don't have to have like eight bags worth of stuff. That's that makes it all worth it. Yes, and I also bought little fuzzy covers for it. Oh, even <laughs> so, more professional. And okay, I just want to add one more thing because I started looking for uh, little tripods for it, so that because I realized like, well, if I'm going to do this at Google I/O, I'm going to be doing this outside. And the, it's going to be out in the tables. So they sell like little faux uh, handles, like, you know, like a mic handle. <laughs> so you could turn it into like a mic. So you would put a big muzzle over it and then you'd put this little handle underneath like you'd uh, screw it in. And then you have like a makeshift giant mic to use to like interview people with. I don't know how I'd feel about doing that. Like, hello, let me stick this giant contraption like <laughs> But that's cool. Can I? Okay. Can I? Can I give you a suggestion that will absolutely yes. turn this all around? Yes, please. Three words: Joanne Fab Fabrics. You go to any craft store. You buy one set of googly eyes and one of those like little like red tiny little pom poms, and you basically <laughs> glue them onto the top of like the windshield board, and so that number one, they're not talking like into this monstrous device. They're talking to your little friend Jackie. They're talking to a muppet. Yes, exactly. That's a, a, oh my gosh! And if and if you uh, want to do give Jackie a little voice, that's fine too. That would be a hit at Google I.O. I bet. I bet that would put a smile on some developers' faces. No, it seems unfair that you're treating your non-contract employees like full-time employees, oh, no. but not giving them the same pay or benefits or upgrades path. Do you have anything to say about that for the record? It helps soften the blow a little bit. Just a little red monster asking you serious questions. Hey, don't yell at me. I'm just a lovable puppet. <laughs> Um, Andy, can I share one more exciting thing with you? I'm sorry. Anything. I feel I feel selfish. No, 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 no. I'm I'm all see. It's it's late at night at my time of day, and so I I need all the excitement that I can get. Also, I've I've had like a really really uh, like office intensive week, so I've been I've been admiring the sun from afar uh, for the past three days. So anything any any news from the outside world, very very welcome. Well, okay, this wasn't on the outline, but I'm going to show you this now. <laughs> 
look at this poster I bought. <laughs> get then, out of the house. Okay, the poster says get out of the house in big letters, and then below it are all these little uh, squares that you have to fill in for each day of the week. So I bought this so that I will be incentivized visually <laughs> to physically leave the house. <laughs> That's not what I wanted to tell you, but <laughs> that I digress. <laughs> I wanted to show you anyway. Um, actually, I just wanted to update everybody on the status of my Pixel 3. Yes. The one I know everybody's screen. been following my journey. Um, because I'm started, I'm just really, this Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus is just not cutting it for me. I mean, it's like great. Like the battery life is great. Like it never dies. Like there's lots of great things about it, but it's just like not my pixel, especially not the camera. I just, I miss the pixel three so much. So it's on its way back to me from what I call the Google hospital somewhere in industrial <laughs> Texas. So I don't know if it's going to be here by the end of the week. I kind of hope I hope they rushed mailed it to me for the $300 that I paid them. That would be nice. <laughs> um, I think I paid like $25 extra shipping was included in that too. So. So do, do you, uh, are, are you, are you going to check for distinguishing marks to see if they gave you back exactly your phone or if they just simply like they have a, they have a pile of like fixed completely what, what could it be what could be sold as a 100% refurbished phone they just simply say look a phone is a phone i think they'll appreciate getting it back fast we'll just send them back a working phone okay so the the third day that i had the pixel 3 i had dropped it on the ground outside my house which was terrible and i didn't have a case on it yet because the case that i had ordered was back ordered the case that i pre-ordered with the phone by the way so it had three distinct marks on the back. So I'm curious if maybe there was a little gray shit on me and somebody went back there and maybe buffed them out so I could just have like a totally brand spanking new phone. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But I think I'm just going to get it back with those three marks on the back and a fixed screen. I'm just super curious what this is going to look like. I've never gotten a screen fixed on a phone before. Uh, anytime I've replaced a phone, I've sent it into like an insurance program, received a new one mm -hmm. in replacement. I've never actually had something physically replaced like this. So I, yeah, this is just one giant experiment uh, that I'm paying for out of yeah, my pocket that is kind of tax deductible because of what I do for a living. <laughs> And it does say something weird about our society that it's such a freaky experience to have something broken and to send it someplace and have it fixed and come back as opposed to thinking, oh, well, it was a five-month old phone anyway. I was, I may as well just get a new one. I had a – and sometimes, sometimes these companies can surprise you. I had a um, – uh, I, have, I have one good fountain pen. And it was as it as it was. It was like a two hundred dollar pen that I bought on eBay for ninety bucks, but it was like real, it was like good, good as a new condition. Nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And I'd had it for all of two months. Uh, I was using it exclusively for like whenever I need to. There was a writing project that wasn't going anywhere, and sometimes the solution to that that block is to just write using a different tool or a different medium or technique because your brain says, Ooh, fun. Look, we're making lines with a pen as opposed to typing. And it was working. So I had my, had this pen in my pocket, uh, but that was the first time I'd ever owned a nice pen. 
And the first thing you will learn if you own a nice pen is to never always have like a always have it with a companion cheap like four dollar gel pen. Because had I had a, a cheap four dollar uh, gel pen in my pocket, shirt pocket alongside the nice pen, when I was at some sort of club, some sort of event, and someone asked to borrow my pen, and I didn't know how to say. Uh, this is a really nice pen that I could only afford because I got a really good bargain on it and I really, really like it. And please don't handle it so carelessly that literally four seconds after I hand it to you, you drop it and fumble dropping it and send it over a balcony uh, onto the floor like a story and a half below, uh, causing the point to basically get all mashed up which is exactly seriously happened happened to you oh my gosh not like almost as is is so quickly that i had to evaluate the possibility that this person just didn't like me and wanted to throw my nice pen over a balcony they didn't but it was like that quick and at that point fortunately they caught me uh at exactly the right point in my life age-wise where if it had, if it had happened two or three years earlier, I'm talking like just two or three years earlier, I would have been, what, what the hell, man? Like, what the hell do you just do? I'm gonna, here's what here's what that pen cost me, man, and here's what you're gonna pay me right now. I, oh, oh, you don't have cash with you? Great. There's an ATM right over there. We're gonna go over there, and you're gonna give me the money for this pen that I don't know how you did it. Don't care how you did it, but you're paying me for that pen. Uh, I was at that, fortunately, just at that stage of emotional like maturity where you have to say, getting mad at this person is not going to get your pen back. And that although the nice thing for this person to offer is, would be to pay for the pen or at least pay for half of the pen, I'm not going to get in this person's face that way. Anyway, what, what I'm getting at is that so this it was still too nice of a pen to throw away. Uh, so it was in my, it was in a drawer for like four, five, six, seven, eight years until I found hey, out you that you paid ninety bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, well, well, so it's still like an interesting object, and also as a life lesson as to a, a why I'm not going to buy a nice pen ever again, or b if I do buy a nice pen, why I'm never, ever, ever going to let someone have it even for just a second, just to write down an email address or something. Uh, but so, so, oh, actually, the the Lamy Fountain Pen Company actually has a pen repair service. Great. It's not in warranty or anything, but I bet that I can. At this point, I've forgotten that. At this point, I've absorbed the ninety dollars cost that I originally paid. If I can get it fixed and working again for another ninety dollars, I will again feel as though I got this two hundred dollars pen for half price. And as it happens, so <laughs> there's a there's a. I love the fact that there's someone who's in, someone who's in charge of repairing fountain pens at the Lamy Corporation they sent me like a, a letter a, a letter back along with the pen basically like a car mechanic saying everything that was wrong with the pen like the cap was cracked and the point of car obviously was not working and then there was a huh. and so he basically he said oh i basically at, at one point i said hell with it and i that you, i basically made you a brand new pen thank you <laughs> hope hope you like it and I'm like, oh, that that was very nice, and now I have a working pen again. But see, that's the that's the thing that the uh, commercial uh, c- consumer culture beats this thing out of us: the idea that we're supposed to throw this thing away. Let's let's not even check to see if they will fi- if this thing can be fixed. So sometimes sometimes these companies will surprise you. I've got I've it reminds me that I still have 
my really uh, a pocket Panasonic camera that I really liked, the LX10, which mm -hmm. I also like dropped like one month after I bought it. Still works fine. It's just like the battery cover. There, there's a ding in the metal case of the camera, so the battery cover doesn't really close correctly. So I have to cover it with tape in order to gaffer tape to get it closed. And so I keep meaning to like send it to Panasonic to get it fixed. But I just don't get around to it. But I, I should definitely. Do you that. just like it too much. You don't want to see. I just. I wish I didn't have to send the Pixel Three away because I miss it so much. Uh, this is. Whoop, uh, you know, I'll report when it comes back. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's here soon. You loved something. You set it free, and it came back to you. And now it's yours forever. Particularly because yes. you you're in for the full retail price plus three hundred dollars. So it better. Yeah, I was about to say. Damn well, come back to you. Yeah, I better. Oh. Well, I got so I, I've uh, I told you a couple uh, month ago or a couple months ago uh, of a news story that also had a personal impact. That for some reason Google felt as though uh, the Google Home Mini was not quite enough like the AOL sign-up CDs, where it's just impossible to not own one. That the company that creates these considers it a personal failing if there's somebody who does not have one in their possession and so one year after uh continuing to pay for one terabyte of storage on, on google drive oh it's got an email saying oh by the way we're giving you a free google home mini just click on this link on this email that after checking that url 18 times to make sure it wasn't some sort of like a phishing scam because I rarely get emails as a consumer from a company saying we're giving you something for free just because thank you for being a customer. Uh, so got, but, uh, I had no idea originally what I was going to do with this Google Home Mini. And so it literally just stood on my uh, stood like a, uh, in my closet someplace mm -hmm. unopened until I realized that. I got the I got the idea that I have one Google Home Mini, the one that I bought for research purposes, and even that one was like, okay, what the hell am I going to do with it? I decided that I, the place for that Google Home Mini is on my nightstand because it's like two o'clock in the morning, and I need to know like what t is going to rain tomorrow. Should I get prepared for something, or I need to you know do Google Home stuff? And I I would rather have a tiny little device that's sort of whispering at me that I could also whisper quietly to as opposed to like barking at my personal assistant in the next room that would then have to bark back at me. Uh, but then I decided with this other one, like, okay, well, I know that I've, this, I've got this Google Home Mini two feet away from my sleeping head which you would think that that's got it covered, but what if I were to put this other Google Home Mini on the other nightstand? And so I will basically... So that you have stereo mini sound? <laughs> yeah, that's what, I was, that's what I was hoping for, <laughs> or at least like like having headphones on without like actually having to like strangle myself with headphones <laughs> while I'm sleeping or destroy my or headphones. Or like embed them into your pillow, which is not exactly. very comfortable either. Yes, that's that's uh, kids. That's that's another thing that you'd have to be older than thirty, maybe even forty, to understand the your childhood of having the AM/FM radio and having it under your pillow at a low volume, where the music is coming out of your pillow, even because your parents don't want you listening to <laughs> rock and the rock and the roll music late at night. But okay, so the the good news is, so, so I immediately paired them, like so, I set them as a as a Google Home group. And the good news is that it really does it really does pay off that I feel it instead of there being this one source of peaceful music if I'm going to sleep or this podcast if I'm like working in bed, 
uh, on the on my left side, it feels like there's this bubble of this dome of sound surrounding me without having to flood the entire room with noisy, noisy noise. The bad news is that uh, the only the apparently only the Google Home Max will let you set up two devices as a stereo pair, which bums uh. me out. Because the these two Google Home Minis, I didn't. The, it, it synchronizes. I would have to say perfectly. I don't notice the sound being out of phase at all. Uh, so it's not a sync thing. It's not as though they couldn't make sure that the left left channel and the right channel aren't going at the exact same time. But I just, I it makes me hopeful that maybe there will one day be an update that will let you pair to set up any two of the exact same make and model of google home speakers as a stereo pair like now now that particularly now that uh, the the google home is now basically it seems to be down to 100 bucks american like 24 7 52 like i maybe don't want to spend 600 dollars to have a pair of uh google home oh, sorry 700 dollars to have a pair of google home max speakers Actually, I'm sorry. No, eight hundred dollars. There are three three hundred ninety nine bucks. They dropped the price. I think a hundred bucks. I don't know if that's a pro, that's a permanent uh, drop. But tax and shipping. Tax and shipping, right? And and, <laughs> and, and in any event, I keep getting tempted to buy a second one of these, so I'll have a stereo pair before realizing that that's four hundred dollars, man. That you know you don't have to spend that money on this thing. But I would happily if I had one regular Google Home for one hundred fifty bucks. I would happily buy a second one to have like on my desk as a pair of stereo speakers. And given that they seem to be in Google seems to be in this jag of always of being so aggressively in competition with Amazon for smart speakers, if they want to trick us into buying more speakers that we don't actually need, let us keep pairing these things up as stereo pairs. I want I would I hope there was a technical reason why they can't make that happen because I want to think that this that I could get that with a software update. I don't see why not. I mean, there's still that way that you could hack them if you wanted to reveal their quote unquote auxiliary port. I did. I did see that, but it's like, that's but not... no, but that's not the intended use. Yeah. And, and we don't have to take apart tech to make it work the way we want. Or rather, we shouldn't have to do that. I think. In this day and age, nope. I think we should just be able to say, hey, you know what? I would give you money for this. You should make it <laughs> and it should be made. <laughs> I mean, haven't we all come to expect that one way or another? <laughs> yes. It's not, not enough that you're giving me this free speaker. I'm going to make complaints about the limitations of this totally free speaker. Yes, precisely. Complain God bless away. America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, speaking of America, should yes. we make some time for our first ad of the show? I think we should make some time for an ad. Thank you. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Or maybe you just want to create a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about. 
no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com material. When you decide to sign up, use our offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for us, the material podcast. Once again, that's squarespace.com material and the code material to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Well, Flo, the, the, Unfortunately, you do have the old model of uh, of flagship phone where the Pixel, where it arrives in a perfectly functional, well-designed state, and then you have to take the additional effort to break it and render it inoperable. Uh, I bet that you're, you wish you held off uh, to buy something like the Samsung Galaxy Fold, which uh, arrived, it saves you that effort. Like if you're ever worried about, oh yeah, no, the screen's going to get destroyed. Try $2,000. $19. Yeah, nineteen hundred eighty dollars starting, not including taxes and shipping, shipping and handling and all that. Um, oh my gosh, Andy, this I want to say, I don't want to say it's salacious because I don't want to use that word in parallel with our podcast. However, I find this to be the kind of news that uh, keeps me. Keeps me coming back to the computer. Uh, please, Andy, I would love yeah. I would love for you to expand on that. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Uh, this and yes, this is Google related. Because this is Google remember, related. It runs Android. Yes. Samsung Android is, is part of the Android universe. We are all one yes. big world culture of being deeply, deeply disappointed and cutting-edge hardware that we spent way too much for and realized that we bought way, way too early. So Samsung has shipped the first functional Galaxy Folds to reviewers, and they're breaking, like, a lot. <laughs> like, already, by the way. It's only been a couple of days. It hasn't even been that long. I think I think the earliest folks who got them uh, got them over the weekend and we're doing this on a Wednesday. So that was only like three or four days ago. Yeah. And that is, does not bode well for a phone that again, starts at $1,980. Yeah. For the, for the cheap one, <laughs> for the cheap one, for, for the, the one cheap with, one, for the one with like manual windows and no air conditioning. That's mm, what you get. And mm, yes. Yeah. And, and the, the, the double, the double bad thing is that it's not like, Oh, gosh, why is it suddenly not charging anymore? Or, wow, there's some dead pics. Uh, no, I'm saying that there are things that, like, if there are things, like, if you if you take these roller skates out of the box and the wheels are square, you would think that, wow, this doesn't, I'm no engineer, but it seems as though this was <laughs> something that they could have taken one look at before they started building them. And saying, I'm no engineer, but yeah, again, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say if if you're a Samsung engineer who worked on the Galaxy Fold, I'm not saying you didn't do your job well. I'm just saying that there seemed to be some early problems, like, like I, like again, a lot of CNBC super and the early, super soon problems. Yes, yeah. 
So <laughs> CNBC and The Verge reported that their phone died. Their phones died like within a couple of days, meaning that all they did was like fold it and unfold it, and now half of the half of the screen is now now broken. Like there's like flashing spasmatically as if to say, "Kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me, kill me." Uh, the and that and that's bad. Um, another this is, problem that's this is beautiful. This yeah. is I I miss this. I miss when the world was so simple that this was the biggest thing that would happen all day. Sorry, keep going, Andy. It's just this is bringing me back to a simpler time. No, no, uh, it's... in the world, you know when. Uh... When phones could explode in people's pockets, and that was the biggest thing to happen, I just I miss those days. Yeah, because <laughs> there's see we. <laughs> the thing is, like, the, Andy it, is it takes so it takes <laughs> so many years for a something truly new and revolutionary to come along, and I mean that sincerely. I'm not not poking fun at the concept of folding phones. I mean that we forget. That the first multi-touch devices were re- it took a long time for them to get that technology straight, and the first smartphones it took them a long time to get that really going. Even the first laptops were like, okay, we're going to do a lead-acid battery, <laughs> and we're going to, and it's going to weigh about as much as a packed suitcase. And so, but w- what we get now is that we're now in this, we're, if we buy a smartphone, a multi-touch smartphone, we get something that's been hammered on for the past 10 years. It's going to, if you don't spend, if, if you don't spend less than a hundred bucks, you're going to get a great, perfect example of this. Same thing for a notebook, same thing for a lot of tablets. It's just going to work. But like, this is, so there's some early growing pains, I think we can say. So please ask me why my eyes were just bugging out a second ago, and I will tell you. Why were your eyes just bugging out a second ago? <laughs> Did you see a scorpion? Because... <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't think we have scorpions up here in my part of Northern California. I know we do in the desert. No, but I was looking at uh, the protective film. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's on top I got of the see, galaxy. I, see, I, I got. I, I, I have to. I have to take this one myself because this. Yeah, is... I'm. So, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm just ushering us in there. But I just scrolled down on the article you linked, and this is a big Easter basket that you just don't know where to start because there's so much joy. If if you enjoy like funny things that are happening to multi-billion-dollar technology companies. So, so you start. That's just the for the starters. You have phones that just plain seem to be dying. Okay, then you go into <laughs> again the square the square wheeled roller skate thing. Uh, Mark both Mark Gurman at Bloomberg and Marcus Brownlee, both people who are not inexperienced in the least <laughs> at dealing with technology. Uh, so you know how you buy a you buy a, a new phone and there's of course they put like a screen protector on it that you know for shipping purposes so OnePlus that OnePlus does that yeah, which exactly. is a very nice ad yeah exactly and you see them all the time so you instinctively just like take the corner of it and peel it right off well mm, Mark Gurman and Marcus Brownlee both did that <laughs> and they did not realize that this screen protector that looked like a simply simply a shipping screen protector was apparently structural in origin and they yes. both both of the, their phones broke because they removed or attempted to remove that screen protector and ag- again if this were something that consumers were being bitten by I would say that I, I I would still say this is a design fault. 
But the fact of the matter that these are not people that are like that clearly if they tried to take these off, it's obvious that this is just a a shipping screen protector. If they manage to start peeling them off, they are also the sort of people that if like, wow, I can't believe this. I require a razor blade and a heat gun to pull off this shipping. No, I feel as though if it were on the way that like an integral part of the display was supposed to be affixed, they would have stopped trying to pull this thing off. I can't help but think that this is something that most consumers are going to try to do as well. And I can't imagine what this plastic... I, I can imagine that this it, this looks like a sort of like late edition when they were testing out, when they had like a hundred or a thousand samples and they realized that every single damn one of these screens were getting scratched, like when they were being folded and unfolded. We have to put something on the top of the screen to make sure that the screen doesn't get uh, doesn't get uh, scratched. Because remember, it, it can't have a, a Gorilla Glasses... Gorilla Glasses working on a flexible glass that would work on this sort of thing but it doesn't exist yet so we're talking about bare plastic so they met so obviously at the last minute samsung put some sort of like actual permanent adhesive sort of thing on I top of it i think it is i think it's a it's the thing that's supposed to hold the screen together i don't think it was supposed to be removed at all i think i don't i, I i'm not gonna guess this is this is i obviously mean i'm brand totally new. i'm totally guesstimating i don't know what's going on here i'm not an engineer i'm just telling you from my perspective this seems like exactly the thing that's supposed to hold this thing together. Hmm. Maybe I, I, uh, it's if it's so easy to remove, I would, I, I would, I'm no, gonna, maybe I'm being charitable and saying that I would like to think that Samsung would not make something yeah. that is so integral. I, I, it seems like something that they added at the last minute, and then the act, the adhesive was not strong enough to keep it bonded to somebody who is trying to remove it without much mm -hmm. difficulty. But it is enough that when you pull at it, it puts stress on the panel and destroys it. But that's that's terrible. That's that, that's again something that you look at this square wheel on your roller skate that you're about to ship and say, "Well, obviously that shouldn't be, sir." I and sir and or madams, I think that we're going to have to delay this a month and a month or two because this is going to cause problems for our consumers and not just for a handful of consumers that we can then berate for peeling this wrong. I think that we're going to be dinged for this. Um, another problem that people are mentioning is that there, it's, uh, there are bumps <laughs> on this flexible screen, like at the hinge, air, covering the hinge area of it. It looks like uh, from photographs that it's some sort of part of the hinge mechanism that's sitting just a little bit proud uh, of the surface so that the screen can't just simply paper over it. It has to bulge a little bit to accommodate it. And not like not as a design thing I'm talking about. It seems as though the design tolerance of that particular example of hardware was a little bit off and the screen was not designed to paper over that bump. And then people <laughs> are no and then it's causing the screen to crack when they fold it and unfold it, which is again another thing that quality control people at, on the production line would say, ooh, I can actually visible see that there's a bump there in the middle of the screen and that this thing is not going to survive being folded and unfolded. And for a $2,000 <laughs> minimum phone, people are going to be disappointed with this. 
Yeah, that's. It's supposed to last three hundred thousand folds, by the way. Also, oh, the screen, uh, oh, the hinge is fine. It's the screen that screwed up, but the, you you can, well, you can fold the hinge like three thousand times, no problem. Sure, just only three hundred thousand <laughs> times. That's it. No, I actually was looking up. I saw I was going through the comments of this article, which we'll, we will uh, put in our show notes. It's Gizmodo's article. Um, <laughs> which is great. Uh, somebody posted a picture that there is actually a warning sign on the fold that says the main screen includes a special protective layer. Peeling off the protective layer or using any adhesives on the main screen, such as a screen protector or stickers, may cause damage. I mean, it's it's a plastic display, so yeah. that's, that's how it's folding. It's just, um, hmm, what a bummer. Yeah. What a bummer. See, this... Uh, again, the the fact that it was Mark Gurman and Marcus Brownlee that missed this missed the warning sticker, or or I will I will also allow the for the possibility that like Marcus Brownlee particularly is super super high profile YouTuber. He would be amongst maybe six to eight people that I would think of as what marketing companies would think, what marketing departments would think of as a superstar like tech commentator slash blogger mm. slash YouTuber. Mm-hmm. So perhaps they, so if it's like the other times that I've been handed hardware like this, it's possible that they didn't give them a boxed shrink wrapped fresh off the line device that they opened it up, they prepped it and make sure, <laughs> tested it to make sure that, okay, Marcus Brownlee, whose views gets 2 million, 2 million views on the, on the first day, let's make sure he doesn't, that there isn't like a dead rat somewhere in the box. So let's just open up this box. Let's make sure that it's charged up hundred percent. So may, maybe it's possible that when they were preparing this, that was like a sticker or, or warning that was supposed to be on there, but they removed it for the purpose of showing him this phone. But again, it seems like also the fact that they were able to peel it off without trying without trying to say, oh, let's try to take this thing apart uh, means that I have to wonder what happens after three or four months in my pocket that things that are not well adhered tend to like come apart at the corners and they tend to come more apart. And just the just the fact that this is happening at all. You're gonna have a lot of really disappointed people who spent two thousand dollars on even even like I again I, I was one of those people that not only did I like get an iPhone one for review I actually pre-ordered one because I wanted I knew that I wanted like my next phone to be well, be an iPhone a new cool so, thing right well but but I mean I so as, as a result I accepted the fact that this is going to be two G not three G mm-hmm. it's not going to be as capable as a BlackBerry it's not going to be as capable. Uh, as a as a, as a palm phone, I'm I'm going to accept yeah. all of these things. But what I do, what I want to believe is that when I'm, even as an early adopter, the features that are there are going to work, and that it's not going to break within a month. That will make me feel extremely minused as a consumer. Well, this is going to be fun to watch from my couch with a bag of popcorn. <laughs> yes. Sorry to <sighs> to those who have worked hard on this. Um, I don't mean to relish in in the uh, unfortunate press surrounding. I just mean to say that you know, you know me. I love a good drama. I'm, I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure. <laughs> I love a good melodrama. So <laughs> this is definitely in accordance with the things that I love. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure their retail partners are going to be really, really happy dealing the, being the frontline <laughs> responders to people who, again, spent $2,000 on a well, very well-hyped luxury phone. Uh, I mean, look, if Samsung was fine after the whole Note 7 thing, I think they will be fine after this. Plus, I mean, it's kind of cool. We have folding phones now. True. <laughs> so that's where we're at now in life, which I would say is a win for all of us. Yeah. Even it's, those of us with screens that are crackling. It's it's still a super interesting idea. Uh, Gizmodo uh, t- hasn't posted their in-depth review yet, of course, because, again, everybody's had them just for two or three days now. Yeah. But their first look, like after like a, a day or two hands-on, after and another article noting that, no, their our, our sample phone is fine, uh, but their first look piece is headline, damn, quote, damn, could the Samsung Galaxy Fold be worth it? And... They make the and the uh, the reviewer makes again it's just a first look makes the point that it's a really compelling design that they really like having this albeit really really t- tall folded up phone tall and thick folded up phone in their pocket but like being able to simply carry on the quick thing that they were doing on like the front screen and turn it into something uh, approximating an iPad Mini and be able to continue directly from there. Uh, the other thing that everyone was worried about as soon as real pictures of this thing uh, came out a, a month or two ago is that, yes, there is a visible like valley above the hinge of this device. So there's like it's not like a perfectly flat screen, but uh, Gizmodo says that y- you can't not notice it, but you after you, you quickly learn to ignore it. It's not something that like interferes with your operation on the thing. So maybe by the time generation two, generation three of these things come on, this isn't going to be like 3D television where it was just a dumb idea to, to sell phones and to appear to be innovative without any compelling reason for this thing to exist, that maybe this will be a really good idea that will allow us to make super compact phones for small pockets that unfold into a traditional size phone or as a way to even if it's not even if it's just a tablet and not a phone to have like a 9.7 inch uh windows device windows tablet or 9.7 inch uh chrome tablet that can easily be folded in half and be stuck in a jacket pocket as opposed to something that commands <laughs> some sort of a bag all the time so we'll see. I think it'll be a while before <laughs> every. It'll be a while before I think we can write about this technology without mentioning in paragraph one. So foldable screens, foldable LED screens came off to an inauspicious start in <laughs> April of 2019, as the first generation <laughs> Galaxy Folds were prone to cracking and failure after only a couple of days. While the jury uh, is still out. Yeah. Dot dot dot. Yes. So fun, yeah. But again, it's still ex- it's still exciting. We forget that there was a time where there were no laptops and there were no like super slim laptops. That was a it was a pain in the butt to use the first ones, and some of them didn't work very well. And that that's okay. You're not required to spend your tax refund on on a brand new foldable phone. If you did, you be you. But maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe you could have used that to pay down debt. Or and I'm again. I'm or about, replace I'm, that refrigerator I'm that keeps making those noises. I'm just saying. Do uh, you, 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 you do the annual uh, check for dead mice in the back? <laughs> We're not talking about that here, Andy. You got to do that. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
You see, um, we, may, we may complain about this new immature foldable technology, but life goes on, and sometimes life is snuffed out in the back of a refrigerator. As Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of life going on, so uh, uh, fortunately the fire uh, at Notre Dame uh, in uh, in Paris turned out to be bad, but not as horrible as we. I think everybody who saw the video was worrying about. Uh, that turns out that it was the wooden roof that was destroyed. It was undergoing renovations, and so a lot of the treasure sort of stuff had already been like taken down and moved out. The, they lost the entire spire, but all of the figures that are on that spire that would have been lost when it collapsed had already been taken down and packed up and moved out four days earlier. And mm. and also, to make a lot of people making the point that an 800-year-old building has had a number of renovations and disasters and repairs over the years. And so it's not as though all not the to stuff mention that... lived through many, many unfortunate wars. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, 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 so thank goodness it's going to take a while to rebuild it and fix it up. But it wasn't. I think uh, seeing. I think we all like looking at those at the live videos. were like, oh god, like all the walls going to collapse in, and then everything's going it, to. It's just they're just going to have to build a brand new cathedral in the shape of the old cathedral. So that's not going to happen. So we can. So we can look at and and thank goodness nobody was killed or even hurt. It looks like in the fire, which is another thing that seemed miraculous, given that it was a big tourist thing, <laughs> big tourist yes. attraction. And yes. was happening during tourist hours. Apparently, they had enough sensors that when they were, they lost no time in getting people out of there. When wow. there was no that there's smoke, a smoke detector had gone off, and that was okay. Before we even know where the smoke is coming from, we are going to empty this sucker out yep. completely. Yep. So it's nice. It's nice when people appreciate that there are safety rules for a reason, and that you're the reason the rule is in place so that at the time you don't have to even decide. Gosh, should I take all the people out of this structure or not it's like exactly nope, you see, this we don't even have to think about that we can just take everybody out of the cathedral um but there were a couple of like google adjacent topics that i thought were interesting and to me one of the first things i noticed and one of the most interesting ones was of course i went to the new york times.com site to take a look at what's the what's actually going on and what's like the actual information, I was surprised to find that their highlight photo was actually taken from Google Earth. So they had a, a sort of like a split screen sort of photo uh, composite of on the right hand side of the screen was um, what turned out to be a really really famous picture from Ian Langston via the European Press Photo Photo Agency. Uh, which is turned out to be like what most people ran with because it was it looked like a drone view almost where because given that the it was this the roof that was the most engaged by fire so it gives you a really great angle uh, letting you appreciate where the fire was and what was what was burning and a split screen with next to that Again, it was obviously a Google Earth 3D view. And, of course, Google Earth was credited as the origin of that image. I just thought it was interesting because uh, Notre Dame is uh, – has it's not – it's it's not a, one of these things where gosh it's too bad that no one has any pictures of this thing. It's got to be as a world heritage site. It has to be one of the most photographed places in the world. I was going to say there. I saw a lot of people's perspectives on Instagram uh, this week. Yes, 
for instance. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people showing pictures of their vacations going from exactly. you know, 10, 20 years ago. Um, I thought, I've, but it occurred to me that that was absolute, it, it, it didn't make sense to me originally until I realized that if you're trying to tell the story of how bad this fire is, you kind of need a before and an after, a before yeah. and an after. And so the idea that they're going to, their instinct is going to be to go to, rather than try to find a photo of Notre Dame from this kind of weird angle that is, it's not the famous like hunchback and Notre Dame towers sort of angle. It's from the backside of it mm -hmm. that they said, well, we can go, we can basically go, we have a copy of the planet <laughs> on our computer right here. It's true. And that we can just simply put a camera wherever we want it. So they managed to generate an image that was actually surprisingly good. You had to look at it a little bit carefully before you kind of see that trademark blobbiness of a google and by the way we will post this in the show notes so that you will be able to see exactly what we are talking about yes andy so kindly took a screenshot for us yes um but yeah and it shows you how much work they how much work google earth does if it is again a, a popular tourist tourist destination and world heritage site they're going to make make sure that they have aerial imagery up the wazoo out of it so it really is nearly photographic and again makes sense that they would say well how do we how do we show people people what's how much of this <laughs> structure is being affected okay we'd rather than spending and this is a developing story we can't take the time to find someone who hopefully happened to have taken exactly the right shot at any time in the past but again we could simply send a send a, a virtual drone to take a virtual picture of the virtual notre dame and put it up there I think that I I just think that's interesting. Also, but the other now the other thing that was that as as I'm trying to like uh, look at this story, that uh, so I went to uh, the Google image. The the New York Times shot is credited to the original photographer and to Shutterstock, which makes sense because Shutterstock like will like sub license li libraries from other places. So apparently, the original licensor of that image. Uh, as t as taken by Ian Langston was the European Press Photo Agency, but then Shutterstock sublicensed it to make it available to people who use Shutterstock. Um, so trying to track down the, the the original source of that image, of course, went into Shutterstock and did uh, do a Google do a did a, a site search for Notre Dame fire, and it kind of scared me because uh, a lot of people had made fake photos of Notre Dame on fire. Like they had taken an existing photo of Notre Dame that was taken obviously when it was not on fire and like added Adobe After Effects to it to make it look like the entire structure were on fire. And it, it's, it's, easy to, it's easy to imagine how that happened where there are people who knew that people are going to be looking for looking to license pictures of the Notre Dame fire. I'm here in Nebraska. I'm not I don't I've not taken pictures of it, but just so that people I'm going to create an image to put up there so that people do a search for this image. Maybe they'll find mine and license it out. But in doing so, they would create entirely the wrong impression of no, no, no. It's not just this wooden wooden roof on this one section. No, the entire structure that looks like it was made out of stone. It's actually made out of paper mache painted to look like stone because even the towers themselves are in flames fully. It's like, oh, this could end badly for news gathering if people are not paying close attention. Yeah, it was really, it was, uh, 
It was bummer news. I have never been to Paris, so I've never seen this feat in person. I just know that it really resonated with a lot of people around the world. Um, and I think it's I think it's fascinating the way I think it's fascinating how quickly the internet can move along with what is happening in real time. Mm -hmm. um, I think we used to think that maybe the internet had to be updated <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> Not so anymore, thanks well, to satellites. Yes, and part of it, I think, is going to be that there's going to be so many operators that are like, there must be a way that I can make some money off of this. Even if I don't have pictures, even if I don't have a video, there must, there must be some way that I can like relabel my Betty White Golden Girls tribute video <laughs> compilation of times where she was holding a coffee cup and say maybe if i retitle this notre dame tribute video fire i'll get more views and therefore get more ad money i mean that's one way thing. to do seo yeah uh but before we go to another commercial like one one thing that we if we're talking about notre dame has to be mentioned youtube's algorithm again when left to its own devices 99 uh, of it times does a really good job but, you know, there are those 1% of the times where that needs human intervention. And uh, and so apparently they were uh, – we've talked earlier about how uh, Google, to make sure that people are not free to spread misinformation on YouTube, if it sees certain hot-button conspiracy or controversial topics, it will add like a little like information box uh, next to it. And so Wikipedia says, yeah, exactly. So I, now again, I, I, I want to be like a teacher who is encouraged, who acknowledges the good hard work and acknowledges that although the students screwed up, they had the best intentions. I could see where they failed. So apparently sure, sure. the YouTube algorithm was looking at this, these pictures of Notre Dame with columns of smoke pouring out of it. Uh, and uh, again, the, place where the tourists come in and the place where people take their pictures it's definitely two like blocky rectangular spires and they looked at that and the youtube algorithm said "Ooh, this must be 911 uh world trade center video so let's make sure we have a wikipedia fact box about the 911 oh, attack again i knew it was trying we have to we have to rather than punish it we're going to try to instruct God. it and this was this it's was like an opportunity yeah that was uh, it's just it's just it's just a reminder that the machines are not perfect and um they are programmed entirely by us so if we do not program it to go left it will not go left yes i'm just seeing and of course then of course human human people at, at youtube uh, intervene not not after too long uh, but of course, they're getting all kinds of flack over it. I just, I this is, I think this is yeah. this is really a good indication of how uneducated people are. They figure that oh well, it's a fact, it's super sophisticated artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithms, and it is. all these That's computers. The it's yeah, super it's like, sophisticated. Yeah, it's like there's actually I think the Washington, I think it was a Washington Post article that actually used a phrase that 
kind of got me got my hackles up a little bit saying any human being would have seen at a at a, at a first glance that this wasn't the 911 video said yes that's the point it's an algorithm that if you give them two blocky towers side by side with fires and smoke it's going to think where have i seen that before that's right i've seen it right. with the world trade center so it, i think and part of it is part of the problem is of course created by technology companies by hailing artificial intelligence and machine learning as this magical magical whiffle dust they as soon as you sprinkle it over uh, the thing it automatically becomes perfect and awesome and amazing when again it's still software it still will either works or it doesn't when it doesn't work it cannot work in the most amusing and hysterically out of proportion fashion uh, and I'm more willing to use this as an alter- as an opportunity to educate people that just because something has machine learning in it doesn't mean it's going to necessarily mm-hmm. work a lot better than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not even so much that it works better than something else so much as it can do something that nothing else could do just at the same rate of failure at which any other piece of software does a mundane thing. Shall we? I think we shall. Let's shall. <laughs> This episode of Material is brought to you by our brilliant friends over at Pingdom. Pingdom is brilliant because they help keep your site and the sites you love online. Pingdom monitors your site so you don't have to and gives you real-time feedback so you know exactly what's going on at all times. The internet is awesome, but stuff does break all the time. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company, you need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom will let you customize how you are alerted depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they will take care of the rest. So go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. Now, uh, Flo, are you still using your Google Clips camera? Uh, Have I just reminded no. you that you own a Google? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just reminded me <laughs> that it's over there by my Pokeball, which I also spent money on, saying that I would keep a Pokemon with me at all times. To be fair, I've... Anyway. <laughs> why do you ask, Andy? <laughs> Actually, now I kind of really want to know why you promised to have a Pokeball with you at all times. Oh, well, uh, Is it like the a Pokeball... house arrest sort of thing? Is that where they're keeping the, 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 the bracelet? Tracking no, bracelet? No, 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 no. Okay. This is how you raise them. This is how you carry them around with you. Uh, the Pokeball is a controller for the N60, for the, okay. <laughs> ah, the Switch. <laughs> oh my gosh, the N64. Uh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, I just, I, I just, I just had to know. Uh, so... <laughs> The so the the good news about people who did not like me who were tempted to buy a Google Clips camera. This was that camera, that little tiny little square of technology it with a lens that will. <laughs> that I just want you all to know, I paid two hundred fifty. Yeah. I have a habit of paying full price for things. You see, that's that's how you can trust Flo. She pays. She does not accept <laughs> discounts. True. She's not in the pockets of anybody. Uh, but yeah, was that so? Was that camera that you just let's, let's just like stick it on a, on a chair in the living room while like your kids play? I with did your use dog. it at Thanksgiving. I used it at, the last time I used it was thanks. No, excuse me, Christmas. <laughs> 
Did, did that was you get the last any, time. Did you get any good pictures with it? It was literally just pictures of me and my husband opening gifts. <laughs> oh, that crap. <laughs> Which is like, how dynamic. And But, you know, someday I'll look back at those pictures and go, oh, gosh, I'm so happy for them. So... <laughs> Well, the, so the, the the reason why it's back in the news now is not because they've started exploding or because there was some sort of security breach affecting owners of Google Clips camera. But even if you like my like me, you were tempted at two hundred fifty dollars and then tempted again when they dropped the price to one hundred twenty five dollars, apparently just to get rid of stock, but still didn't just still didn't pull the trigger because you weren't sure how you would actually use it. You are going to be the beneficiary of Google Clips uh, because according to a Google uh, AI artificial intelligence blog post, they're adding a bunch of smarts that they learned from the Google Clips camera mm. to the standard Google camera app for yes. uh, for the Pixel 3 yes. for photo booth mode. Uh, now, I'll, I'll let the blog post explain. We work with photographers to identify five key expressions that should trigger capture. Uh, and by the way, if you haven't used photo booth mode or if you don't have a Pixel, this is a special camera mode where instead of having for, for primarily for the selfie camera, where so instead of having to tap the, the button itself, uh, yourself, uh, photo booth mode will decide when, okay, there's the camera isn't being jiggled. It looks like everybody's looking at the camera. It looks like everybody's smiling. And now I will take a picture or I'll take a sequence of pictures and choose the best one. So this is, uh, they design, they informed by the Google Clips camera information. Uh, they figured out, we work for the photographers to identify five key expressions that should trigger capture. Smiles, tongue out, kissy slash duck face, puffy cheeks, and surprise. We then trained a neural network to classify these expressions. The KISS detection model used by PhotoBooth is a variation of the image content model trained for Google Clips, fine-tuned specifically to focus on kissing. You know what the Google Clips and also the Pixel 3's photo booth mode doesn't do? It doesn't do emo mode, okay? Because I don't take photos while smiling. That is a fool's game, all right? There is nothing to smile about, all right? The world is in peril, folks. Wake up. The pictures you should be taking are of you looking seriously into the camera like you are ready for the apocalypse. Be honestly, I I love to take a moody photo, and it just doesn't work for that, which is a real bummer, because then I have to end up taking like seven shots of myself. <laughs> <laughs> My life is so hard. <laughs> no, see, I I hadn't thought about that, but you were absolutely right because I I was I was bummed about that, and then I I noticed that once I smiled, like I I turned my my serious look into or my stone cold like fashion star look into like a cheesy smile it totally worked which i thought like but this is not what i'm going for like this is yeah. photo booth doesn't necessarily mean smiling folks <laughs> yeah it's see also because uh it's it's about time for me to like thin out my the, the people i subscribe to on instagram because usually it's uh -oh. really just I, I, I unlike Twitter, I limit my Instagram to just friends and just family members, and occasionally some like friends of friends and like neighborhood people get in there. And there is there's one person that I followed a couple years ago in particular that since we just talked about uh, the fire at Notre Dame, that I know that if she's any if she visits Notre Dame in the next three or four years, there's going to be an Instagram picture where she was mm. so sad, so moved by this that she put on a very sad and moved face and took a selfie of herself in front of like the devastation 
showing people how sad mm. and how, mo- mm. <laughs> how moved After the she one was. she posted uh, smiling in front of the Holocaust uh, Memorial Oof. in Berlin. Yeah, see, that's uh, that's the kind of smarts that I'm... People ho- do I'm, like, this, by I'm, the way. Yeah, exactly. I I would like Which to see... Which makes them awful. Do not... No, no, absolutely. Do not smile at Hiroshima. I'm so glad you went. Why? Okay, this is not what we're talking about here. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Actually, I I think this is this is a big part of the discussion that uh, the <laughs> there there should be by default like a uh, sensitive, concerned, and involved parent mode, and you can go into the settings and turn it off. By by default, it'll be turned on, and. Because this, because even when photo booth mode is not on, it can sense when someone is smiling and also has location data to say that, okay, you're at a really, really, you're at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, or again, you're, you're in Hiroshima, or you're in like when a Holocaust site, are you sure you want to take a selfie of yourself smiling at this really really important we will let you do that but we feel as though we want to know for ourselves that we told you that this might be wildly inappropriate also you're, you you seem you seem to be atop <laughs> of what what many locals in nepal consider to be a sacred mountain oh, and i can see both of your nipples and i can also see your boyfriend's butt crack Again, I kind of want to. I feel as though I wouldn't be doing my job as a nine hundred dollars smartphone if I didn't warn you that most people will find this outrageously offensive, and that job or that internship that you just got, according to what you've just posted to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, will very likely be rescinded if you post this. Someday, Andy. Someday, this is what the algorithms are going to do for us. They're going to weed out. The awful people, maybe. <laughs> well, hopefully, again, that, that, that's why. That's why I would label this feature the concerned, ev- involved, and helpful mm-hmm, parent. Mm-hmm. Like, because see, and the and the problem is that parents, you at some point, unfortunately, you lose your parents. And I've I've not become and I've we were talking about this briefly before the show. At least I was talking about this briefly before the show. That there's the phenomenon of the sixty-eight to seventy-four-year-old man who's got the seventy-four-year-old body and the seventy-four-year-old face with the drooping ears, the drooping nose. The I was alive for fifty-three years before the invention of sunblock. On top of everything else, and Mm. yet they've got a jet black mustache and goatee and and jet black eyebrows i would again i feel just like my mom correctly told me that i was getting too old to be wearing a ponytail you know <laughs> <laughs> and and i acknowledge that and i appreciated that i just wasn't ready to cut it off yet like i i would like i unfortunately by the time i'm 74 my parents will uh, I will not be like will not be 30 years older than me at the, they will not be around at that point they can't say son here's a picture of john travolta and he was 10 years <laughs> younger than you and he had much better skin care than you and even he looks like an idiot like this i would like to think that for an 800 dollars smartphone it wouldn't refuse to post it it would say why don't i okay i've before I save this to the camera roll, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold on to this for 24 hours, 
And then I'm going to show it to you in 24 hours. Like a good friend. Or, like a good yeah. friend. Or you, if you have, a, if you have a, a husband or a wife, a spouse of any kind, someone who is sort of like co-responsible, you're co-responsible for each other because your partners. I'm going to let Dave see this before we put this, uh, before we let you use this in any app, because I have a feeling that he's going to be a lot more sensitive about this than any algorithm could possibly be. Also, du duck face. No, 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 no. I, if you, if you don't mind, Andy, I would like to close this out with our last little news tidbit because Please. this is particularly exciting for me uh, because the week of Google I.O. is also the week of my birthday. Yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, everybody celebrate me. Uh, <laughs> and also on May 7th, we're apparently going to be celebrating some new hardware from Google. So there was a splash screen on the Google store that has kind of been shown around a couple of the couple of the fan sites, a couple of the tech sites. It's it, the news is going around that there is a Pixel 3A and 3 axle coming, probably. Most likely. Uh, something big is coming to the Pixel universe, says this teaser. I don't know if the big thing is as big as we think it is. It's possible it's just a really big discount on a phone with a really great camera. Because every the rumors are basically that these Pixel 3As are going to be cheaper versions of the Pixels that we have now. And by that I mean... That Pixel Core visual processor. <laughs> the thing, the thing that makes all the magic happen, the thing that makes me miss my Pixel. This yep. is why I want it back in my life. I miss all those photos it was taking. So the visual May core 7th, processor is the crumbled bacon on your on your salad. Absolutely. It's edible without it, it's fine without it, but oh my god, do you miss it if you if they suddenly take that off the menu? Yes. Absolutely. And so May 7th is the Google I.O. keynote day. So everybody kind of put that in your calendar, uh, you know, plan to get your favorite soft drink that day and just kind of like tuck her in and we'll just we'll see what Google has for us that day. Uh, also, there is a rumor that that is the day that we'll possibly see Google officially announce that it will have Nest branded assistant products. <laughs> supposedly yeah maybe they, they've maybe have they has it already happened or is it like one of those leaks that's now there was a leak there was like a google store page and then it was taken down and so now it's just kind of conjecture that it's going to be i think it'll probably be softly announced it'll be one of those things where sundar is catching us up on everything and he'll just casually mention that oh and now nest branded devices blah 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 I feel like that's how we're going to get that particular announcement. Um, I think the Pixel 3a's, though, I think there's going to be a little more to that one. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting, too, by the way, um, the hardware giveaway at Google I.O. has been Google Home Minis, which is great. <laughs> uh, but I wonder if this is going to be a big giveaway for the developers. You, we, you haven't had like an Oprah scale giveaway for yeah. a few years. They used to yeah. be kind of famous for whatever you spent, whatever you spent on the well, ticket to get in. Both them and Microsoft, by the way. Even Microsoft yeah. Build used to be like, oh, here's a console. Here's this. Here's a Surface. Like, ah. Yes. <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm, I have to admit that when I saw the something big is coming coming to the Pixel universe, 
I was kind of hoping this this was like a wry way of saying, oh, a tiny little pixel smartwatch that's been rumored for quite some time. But that's just speculation after having spent so many months of late last year seeing what purported to be, no, 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 this is really it. We have pictures of the thing and then no announcement on it. I, I hope that there are at le- there's at least some news about Wear OS uh, maybe even coming in the form of, by the way, we have uh, we have uh, entered into agreement with Qualcomm uh, so that every month in which they don't ship to us a truly like modern 2019 era CPU for our smartwatches that delivers at least half the performance of the chips inside the Apple Watch, we get to take a senior executive into the back of the parking lot and just fire paintballs at them for oh, five God. minutes. Uh, oh. it's not, not, we're not going to be mean about it, that they're allowed to have like regular like paintball protective equipment. We will be going directly for the groin. So they're, we're telling them that to begin with. Oof. But just There's as, be but, but hey, no, no one's going to want to like be hit by paintball. So we're hoping that this finally gives them motivation to not give us 2013 to 2015 era <laughs> microcontroller technology uh, for our flagship wearable. Perhaps that would help us out a lot. Um, the other, see the, the, but the thing that could be most disappointing is that they could be simply referring to uh, Marvel Avengers and emoji because, of course, when you click on this link, it does take you to the Google the play emoji. Play emoji. Sorry about that. Uh, yes. Are they? Play, yeah. Play emoji. You're right. Uh, play emoji. This is again. It's I, I. I got Google's BS emoji marketing thing confused with Apple's BS. Well, Google's are are you can introduce and insert yes, them. Those, is what they're, I meant to say. They're, they're much cooler. I had so I was bored on a train trip, but I was in the cafe car, so I had this big table in front of me, and so I wound up like putting the childish Gambino play emoji uh, <laughs> on the table yes. and then like having Captain America and a stormtrooper just whereas whereas childish Gambino's play emoji does a lot of singing and dancing. Captain America yes. is a lot of like just stoically like yes. <laughs> standing there and observing and shifting his yes. balance from one to another. <laughs> Which is a lot more fun to play with than Hi, look, I am a fox. I am speaking to you and I look like a unicorn. Look, I can actually even see my tongue sticking out there. There's a fun one where you can actually type out a phrase and have it follow along. Those are fun, by the way. Man, you're just making me want my pixel back. <laughs> I mit- I tried to play with those Samsung whatever moji thingy majigs they have in their ui and it's just the creepy thing where it like turns your face into an emoji it's like yeah and i like i made some funny little okay i was amused for like half an hour but i made a little (laughs) a couple of like music videos with it i was just like playing around i was procrastinating i think i I want to do that's actually like samsung's annual marketing campaign theme it's like you'll be amused by it for a half an hour well that was last it was last year's campaign <laughs> campaign no, thing. Every this, single, year was, uh, this year was this year's fingerprint scanner. We have folding screens. You'll be amused by it for about a half an hour. Yes, until it breaks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you'll be furious about it for much longer than a half an hour. Yeah. So is there uh, anything else that you're particularly looking forward to? This is uh, as as we said at the very top of the show, this is show 199. Next week is Epic Show 200, which we have pre-recorded so that we could have certain special guests. Ours. So this is this is our last chance to have a talk about 
Google I.O. before Google I.O. And I've already said that what I'm looking Is it? For... No, 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 no. We'll have one more chance. Next week? No, we will. Yes, we next, not next week, the week after that. Oh. Uh, when oh. Our, we post on May 2nd. That's okay. Cause I was like, I was probably thinking that you're probably going to be busy traveling and people are going to be coming into town and friends of yours are going to be like, oh, let's go and let's go like get together because, you know, you're flow eye on and you have Everybody's friends. Everybody's too busy. Everybody's too busy to hang out these days. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. I am not heading down there until uh, the Monday before the keynote. Ooh. So May 6th. So we have time, Andy. We have time for all of our conjectures and our hopes and dreams to see if they will be realized. And then and then I will do a podcast from Google <laughs> I.O. And I don't know how that's going to go, but we'll see how many birds Jim has to edit out. Thank you, Jim, for doing all of the wonderful work that you do on our podcast. Well, you, you will achieve one thing for sure. You will render that portable recorder tax deductible. Yes. And really, is, <laughs> oh, I laughed too hard at that. It's because tax day was this last Monday. It was a couple days ago. I just, oh, folks, I got to tell you, being a freelancer doing your taxes is hell. Uh, but in any case, that marks the end of our show yes. <laughs> before I turn this into flows. Mm. So next, <laughs> so next week, you definitely want to tune in for our gala 200th episode. Yes, please do. It's really good, by the way. It was really, really good. It, it was really, really good. Really, really a lot of fun. Not not mm -hmm. news heavy. We intentionally just had a long, really wonderful conversation with friends of ours and friends of yours. Uh, so you'll like it a lot. I, I will leave you on a cliffhanger uh, that um, uh, my responsibility uh, when I one of my, one my one of my responsibilities when we're recording the show is that. I'm the person who records not only like my own audio, but like the audio, the backup audio for everybody. And so uh, I, there was a moment late in the recording where my computer froze up. And I'm talking oh, about yeah, that's right. And I'm, and I'm talking and I'm talking about like if you have the it's it's especially scary when you have uh, a modern MacBook that has like the the haptic uh, track trackpad where it's not a, it's not a clicky button. I've had times where like my computer froze for a little while because I don't know because Chrome got really really busy with memory and but that's okay because this because I uh, my the thing is you click on the the haptic keyboard and if, if you still feel that synthetic but completely convincing click you know that okay things aren't so bad it's when as happened last week during the recording I tap on the I tap on the haptic trackpad and it just feels like a, a sheet of glass that I'm like this could be a kernel panic and uh it seemed to continue recording after it recovered after a few few seconds later and it seemed to save the file correctly and i seem to have a recorded file for that for my again not just the backups for everybody but also my primary recording but i decided that if i were to if if it turns out that something got screwed up and that neither of those files are recoverable or playable, that's not something that we can fix at any point. So why ruin this wonderful feeling that I had at the end of our recording session by knowing that, oh, that was all for nothing because I'm going to have to basically let Jim assemble the oh, entire show thank with goodness that didn't happen. And then I'll just simply add dub in what I think that I said uh, so I'm going to leave this as a cliffhanger. Um, th this week, 
I'm going to have to because we have to. Jim has to edit the show like in the uh, in the next week. I will now finally look at those files and determine if it, as I suspected, it's all fine, or if I'm going to have to come up with one hell of a plan B. Now I, I'm going to make you listeners this promise that if it turns out that I had to fake and dub in all of my what I remember or what I think should be my responses to what is now lost and missing audio. I will probably like I will use some sort of amusing accent to call attention to the fact to make myself sound much, much sillier to sort of punish me. Like I'll be, well, it's wonderful that we're now on episode 200 of the material podcast. Uh, Guest number one. Do you remember what it was like in episode three? That's Oh, great. The Mad Hatter has come to tea. No, oh, I love to laugh loud and long and clear. <laughs> so we have again. I, I want to leave you on that cliffhanger. To, if if it weren't enough of an issue of, of an enticement, that's is the epic gala two hundredth episode mm-hmm. cliffhanger. Will Andy have to do the entire thing like Edwin? Tune in to find out. You've got the, you've got seven days to to stew on that. Uh, until then, Flo, anything to plug, anything to mention, anything to hype? Uh, I have nothing to hype. I have nothing to plug. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Go to FlorenceIon.com. Uh, I'm blogging at least once a week. I've got these podcasts you know about, which are great. Listen to me there and here and there and here. And um, come join my Discord. Ooh. We, we talk there. We talk there. You've got a Discord. Yeah, it's fun. For all the people, for all the people that I think Discord is now for all the people who are like need to be punished for saying, "Oh, well, I I don't do email like I, I do all my talk <laughs> no, even no, on Slack." No. Like, oh wow, it's... you're still on Slack? I have a, you don't have your own Discord? Okay, Grandpa. Well, I'm not on any Slacks except for our podcast Slack yes. because I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. If you had a. <laughs> Which, which, see, that that's a good point because if you had a job, you would need something to fill all of the goof off time, three to five hours out of your workday, which would be on a company Slack. Exactly. Whereas, as freelance self-employed people, we're just taking food out of, out of our own mouths if we just find exactly. up goofing off on Slack. Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to be on uh, Boston NPR tomorrow, Thursday, because tomorrow the Mueller report, the redacted version of the Mueller report comes out, and the show that I'm normally occupied 30 minutes of has decided that they might need some more time to talk about whatever gets revealed. I countered with the producer saying that, well, I was going to talk about how Apple's smartwatch might factor into the Mueller investigation. I had a good 20-minute hunk on, Mm. like, great podcasts to listen to while you're working out, how it could track your EKG as you get angrier and angrier reading the details that were not mentioned in the official (laughs) summary. But, hey, if you think that that's irrelevant or that's just just self-aggrandizing, sure, we can do it the next day. So I'm going to – so tune in on Friday, uh, I think 1230-ish to 1-ish. Um, as usual, I'll tweet out links to uh, where you can listen to stuff, but uh, go to notgo.com, uh, not go on Twitter, and not go on Instagram for all of that lovely stuff. And as usual, uh, if you tweet at us at Material Podcast, 
Uh, we will see it. We will respond to it. You can also email us. If you go to relay.fm slash material. That's also a good place if you want to throw more money in our individual and collective hats. We enjoy getting money. It's, we find it, again, as journalists in a rapidly collapsing market, we are very, Journalists very happy. with no job. <laughs> we don't have jobs. <laughs> my... my <laughs> My God, if you if you had like an Asics headband on, I could imagine that you're one of my older sisters when you say that. <laughs> oh, you have no job. Like, no, I have a job. Oh, well, who oh, do you work for? No. Yourself? That's just another way of saying you don't have a job. Like <laughs> saying, listen, you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Yes, thank you for listening this week. We hope you listen again next week. Until then, have a really wonderful seven days. 